Welcome to the Great American Collectible Show, seen Wednesdays on the Sports Collectors Daily Facebook page and the Great American Collectibles Facebook page. You can also listen to us on iHeartRadio, Pandora, and Spotify. The Great American Collectibles Show is brought to you by the National Sports Collectors Convention and Sports Collectors Daily. Tonight's headlines are brought to you by Sports Collectors Daily. For all your hobby news, features, and more, go to sportscollectorsdaily.com. And now your host, Tom Zappala and Red Sox Hall of Famer, Rico Petroselli. Hi there. Go ahead. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to you and, uh, yeah. You all right? Uh, yeah. Did um, you eat a lot? No. No, no, no. No? You well, look like you did. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Welcome to the Great American Collectible Show. Tom Zappala. My paisan and co-host, Red Sox Hall of Famer, Rico Petroselli. We have a special guest yep. <clears throat> sitting to Rico's left. This is Mike Lamazzo. Good morning, everybody. Everybody in the greater Boston area knows him as Father Mikey. <clears throat> now, Mike and I worked together for 21 years. Blast. We had a blast. 21 years on the air. Uh, we had a non-collectible show called The Sicilian Corner. And basically what it was, Mikey, was a, an Italian version of Seinfeld. Pretty much. That's a good description. Right? Yeah. Show about nothing. Pretty much. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much an Italian show about nothing. Oh, okay. And our motto what do you was... Mean you couldn't call in if you weren't Oh, Italian? yeah, yeah, oh, absolutely. Okay. But our motto was what, Mikey? Show prep... Is your shoot, enemy, baby? Shoot, enemy. shoot first and answer exactly. later. So anyways, we asked Mike to come on today, just because it's a little fun day, day after Christmas or two days after Christmas, and Mike does not know a goddamn thing about baseball cards or memorabilia. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. What's the name of this show? <laughs> the Great American Collectible Show. I thought this was the cooking show. No, it isn't. You're out. You're <laughs> I'm out. gone. All right, listen, we have studio. two special guests, <clears throat> as you can see. Our good friend, Joe Tomasulu from Memory Lane Auctions. Joseph, how are you? Merry Christmas, guys. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Joe, Happy I didn't, uh, with all due respect, I've known you for quite a while. I got nothing yeah. in the mail from you. Nothing. Zero. Zilch. I got something from JP. Was that from you also? <laughs> you know what? You can attach my name to that. So. Okay. And our other good guest, <laughs> good friend, uh, Lee Barons from Sterling Sports Auctions. Lee is, Lee is out in Minnesota. Yeah. Lee. Uh, Happy holidays to everyone. Uh, we are getting rain. No snow in Minnesota. Well, that's good. And Lee, I know you've been a little under the weather. You look great. Glad to see you're on the, on the mend. That's, that's very, very yeah, special. Yep, yep. <clears throat> Listen, before I headline, a couple of programming notes that are very, very uh, important. This is our last broadcast, Rico and I, from up here at the studio. We are both heading south this coming weekend. So this is, uh, yeah. we're going to be in Florida for the uh, winter months, broadcasting from there. Malori, Malori gets to stay up here with Chrissy. Oh. I invited Chrissy down oh, with us, but guy. she refused, Mikey. Oh, I find that she hard refused. to believe. So we're going to be broadcasting starting next, well, yeah, starting next week from Florida, uh, number one. One other thing I'd like to chat about real quickly. Um, as everybody knows, you can watch us on Facebook, YouTube, listen to us on your favorite podcast platform, as well as a 980 WCAP up here in the Boston area. There's a lot going on with Facebook, as a lot of people know, okay? More and more people are getting hacked. <clears throat> more and more people every day are getting hacked. And it's becoming a real serious problem. Now, we have been fortunate enough because we have some good defenses up uh, thanks to Chrissy and myself, 
uh, about kind of holding some of these hackers off. Now, that happened to us about a year and a half ago. As a lot of people know, we got hacked mm -hmm. from some clown from Nigeria, and we had to create a whole new Facebook page. We are holding them off, but it's becoming more and more difficult, to be honest with you. And the conversations I'm having with other professional people that have shows like us, they're having <clears throat> a hard time. So we're going to kind of encourage people, not immediately, but over, over the coming months, over the next year, to consider start watching us, if you want to view us and not listen to us, on YouTube. Don't be afraid to start gravitating toward YouTube because uh, it's a lot easier. Chrissy, would you uh, agree with that, that it's just uh, a lot easier than, than the Facebook thing about getting, the hack, about getting hacked? Yes. Yeah. It's, in, it's interesting, Tom, you brought that up because on our show, this is saying, Connor, same. we're doing the exact same thing. We're pushing people over more toward YouTube and getting away from Facebook. Myself, for the last six months... I haven't been on Facebook. I know. You told me that. Now, by the way, Mikey continued the show. He's working Why solo. Why would somebody uh, want to hack I, a collectible let me, let me just give and you a you quick... you can't talk to anybody there. Uh, just let me give you just a quick one, both of you guys, so you understand it. Um, this, this week, we were fortunate to have 23,000 views on Facebook. That's amazing. 23,000. That's a lot of views. However, out of the 23,000... When you look at the likes, how many people like it, we've had 187 likes on the show. Out of the 187 likes, 80 of them were hackers trying to get in. Mm. 80 of them. Seriously? Yes. Oh, wow. 80 of them were hackers that you have to go, you have to look them up, then you have to block them. And you know what the sad part about it is? 40 of the 80 <coughs> were Facebook Posts of Facebook pages of people that are deceased, that have died. Really? So that's what you were it's going crazy. through. So we're just, you know, start yeah. watching us on Facebook. Was Mr. Clute one of them? No, he wasn't. All right, listen, we're not going to even do a headline today. We're going to get Why? right into it because we're going to get into it with our guest. Okay. Lee, you have a, an auction going on right now. Why don't you tell us about it? Sure. Uh, we got a, a, our 116th auction we got running right now at the uh, beginning on Thursday. Uh, if you haven't got your bid in, go jump in. We got some great stuff again. We I got a 1957 top set that I'm breaking down. Uh, so there's graded cards individually as well as the bulk of the set and stuff. So if you're looking for 57s to fill in the set or whatever, got a great opportunity there. I got a partial set of 1921 exhibits that I broke down. Uh and your headliner cards are different ones like the Ty Cobbs of uh, E98 and Sport King. I got all the 1954 Tops rookies, the big ones of Aaron. This is a really, really nice four. This is a PSA four, but it's got a tiny surface wrinkle on it that is downgraded a little bit. But there's a Banks and a K-Line in there also. I have a really nice selection of Hall of Fame 19th century cards that are really hot right now. This is the Comiskey Brown Champions and the King Kelly Buckner Gold Coin. So, I mean, mm. uh, pre those pre-1900 cards are really seem to be getting hot now, correct? Yeah, they, they do. <laughs> and I was always curious through this whole COVID thing. That was one of the things I was looking at. And I'm like, why aren't they taking off like the rest of them? They seem to lag behind 
and, uh, and boy, in the last six months, that's kind of really taken off again. Hey, Joe, by the way, jump in anytime you want. If you have any questions for Lee or... Um, yeah. Go. Sure. What it's else? Good. Well, we got... Always have TTO6. It's strong. I mean, we got tough backs such as the Broadleaf. Tough to get with all the glare. Broadleaf, Carolina Brights, Cycles. You know, it's amazing. It's amazing. You know, I, you know, I think you know what a T206 card is. Right. That's all kidding aside. Mm-hmm. It's amazing how the T206, there are so many of them out there, but it is still the gold standard for That's collecting. That's funny, huh? Right? It so is. think with volume. It is. There's that many available? It's, absolutely. And it's still the gold standard. Amazing. It's, it's just, for whatever reason, and Joe, both of you guys jump in on this. What is the reason for that? I'm going to ask you that firstly. Why, why is the T206 set... Still, the gold standard for collecting. I think, from my perspective, and collecting it myself from a small standpoint, you can always, like you said, it's accessible. I personally started with, I picked some up here and there, but I started with a Cubs subset, team set, while I was buying lots on eBay. And all of a sudden, you got other stuff. I thought, well, maybe I'll start putting teams together. And so that all of a sudden worked up to when I had enough. And all of a sudden, I'm like, well, maybe I'll try to get up to a Dammit and O'Hare. And, you know, along the way, you picked up different backs. But there's so many different ways you can collect And maybe that's the reason. Well, Joe? It's, a, it's a tobacco, right? Tobacco yeah. cards. Yeah. Rico, you know what? The Just to piggyback off what Lee just said, his last uh, statement, it's the ad backs. The availability is definitely true, but the fascination with this, I think there's 39, if I remember right, 39 different combo backs, including factories, subjects, right, right. et cetera. And we just held up one of the Holy Grails, the Broadly. Yeah. That's like a top three rarity. By the way, Lee, is that a 460 or 350? It's a 350. Okay. It's, yeah, it's tough to tell through the with the glare story, but yeah. Um, but either you know, four sixties, uh, yeah, but, but you know something, Joe. I, I agree with you, but I also agree with what Lee said. Is that I mean, the tough backs. That's just one one aspect of collecting. But what Lee says, some people will collect just Red Sox or high or or, or uh, whatever or mm. all or first baseman or southern runs. leaguers or exactly you know yeah. but it's just there's another big collecting angle on those because there are many Carl Horner portrait images people love those portraits and mm. i collected mm. i had a portrait hall of fame run once well except for the wagner <laughs> <laughs> i never owned the wagner but I, I even had the plank in there. That's another huge collecting niche. The art on those images is amazing. That's a good point. I never thought about. Uh, it's, Lee, what else? Really, what else do we have? Do we have uh, any uh, other sports that you're handling right now? You got some? Yeah, there's. Sure. Uh, I have boxing cards. There's a couple Jack Johnsons in the card. That the one I believe is a top three. Rico fought him. It's the highest Jack three. Johnson, yeah. there, <laughs> what year was that? 1902. Did you yeah. beat him? Kicked his ass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was probably in his 60s. So that was, I hope he did, Rico. <laughs> but yeah, I, I do the four major sports, boxing and golf. 
uh, rookie cards from all ends. Do a little bit of modern stuff too, not a whole lot, but uh, it, it's just once again a nice diverse auction. Uh, lots start as low as twenty dollars on up. Uh, I allow my extended bidding for you can bid on anything once you get into extended bidding. Most auction houses you have to bid on the lot, but I, whole auctions open. All you need is one bid to get into the auction to get into the extended bidding on Thursday night after 8 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. And what's your website address? Sterlingsportsauctions.com. Yeah. And the auction ends again Thursday night. Yep. Thursday uh, night. Yep. It's generally, I, I can automatically shut it down in about 1 a.m., but I give a, there's a 15-minute rule on the whole auction. It's not individual lots, the whole auction. Mm. Come 1 at, 1 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, I then have the right to close it down at any time. So then I watch the auction closer. If it starts slowing down, I put the timer down to a few minutes. And it generally closes around 1.30. Good feel. All right, but Lee. You never know when it can close. So you always got to make sure you get your bids in. Have a great New Year. Yes. And, uh, be well. Let's yeah, happy be New well, Year, Lee. Take happy care. New Year, happy New Year. Happy New Year, Lee. Take care. Lee Barron from Sterling yes. Sports Classic. Classic. Great guy. Oh, good good man. Yeah, good man. He loves everybody. But I do. Uh, I, I do. No, I know you do. Most of me. No, I like you. All right, let's let's uh, let's get to a. Don't be. Don't listen to me. You're, don't encourage him, Thomas. Who? You're encouraging Petroselli. Rico, this is a tag team, you and me today. I All like right. it. I like I right. hear him. Joe, you have a magnificent blockbuster um, auction going on right now as we speak. It just opened up uh, about four, five, six days ago, whatever. Uh, December 21st. And it ends when? Saturday, January 13th. Okay. Blockbuster. January 13. Now, I got a question. Uh, are you concerned about <clears throat> the fact that people spent money for Christmas, the New Year's coming? Stop. That is an unbelievably good question. It's he, a great really question. With uh, even a better answer. I'm shocked. Why are you Freedom. shocked? All right, go ahead. Tom. No. What about historically speaking? It's a great question. Nico. Thank you very much. But historically, <laughs> speaking, you're race. all done for today. That's it. <laughs> Go out on a winning note. Tom, yeah. Our January auction. We run. We end one every like mid second third week of January every year. Is our best auction. So then, we go. Here's yeah. what happens. That's interesting. Yeah. Well, let's see what happens. Here's, I'm going to tell you what happens. Yeah. People are so focused on the holidays. Yeah. Late November, December, there's that auction blitz, Heritage, REA, SCP, Leland's, all of these auctions ending in November through early December. Those end. Now it's all holiday focused. Collectors don't like waiting in the wings too long. After mm. New Year's, you get the itch. Yeah, yeah. You know, and I even like, just as an example, I always told Jimmy Ryan, who runs JPRS Sports <clears throat> and those odd shows in White Plains. Who now is a partner in the National. A partner in the National. I always told Jimmy, his Jan- mid-January show, which is the 19th to the 21st this year at the Westchester County Center, is the most crowded show. 
weather permitting. It's interesting. Yeah. Right. I wouldn't it's think it's exactly. the opposite. Yeah. Because people are ready to jump in again. I'm telling you. And Tom, Rico, Mike, you, I, I mean, when I had a free moment yet, a um, couple of days ago, Christmas Day, mm-hmm. bids coming in on Christmas Day. Unbelievable. Tons wow. Of I mean, surprising. Yeah. Well, I also, I, mean, I also think that. At Christmas time, uh, uh, the people that are into collectibles are usually people that have high incomes. I mean, some disposable they have cash. disposable cash. Yeah. So bonuses come out at Christmas That's time. A good point. People are well healed, and I think that has something that to do be right. with whatever. whatever. Yeah, it could be right. Could be. And yeah. let's throw Tom one other thing, guys. Let's throw this into the mix. I don't know if you guys have been watching. Oh yeah. Stock market is inching up. Yeah. Yeah. Treasury yields inching down, yeah. which means people now are more comfortable putting their money into well, conf- cardboard confident. rather yeah. than that locked-in 5%. Yeah. All right, I'm going right, right. to ask both of you guys a question before we get into the specifics. Which guys? Mike and Joe, because, oh. you know, again, for our viewers and listeners, Mike uh, is, he hosts, but Mike is a financial guy. Mike uh, has made his living becoming a millionaire. Uh, yeah, Gandhi, Gandhi, Gandhi. Stocks, stocks and bonds. Mikey. Mike, do you have more money than Tom? He does. Nobody has more Nobody. money than Tom. He does. He does. Nobody. Nobody. He's he hoarding it, too. But anyway, this Mike guy's got alligator arms. When it comes to pan, <laughs> forget about it. My question. T-Rex, right? My Those question. T-Rex exactly. My question to both of you, though, Mike, yeah. is what do you see happening in 2024, just a general statement, and then I'm going to ask Joe a, the same question. I think the stock market's a little bit ahead of itself right now. I think you're going to have a tough January. I think probably two or three weeks going in, you're going to start seeing a correction. We've gone up too fast, too quick. Even though the stock market is looking out six months to the future, you know, the Federal Reserve people are saying, you know, they're going to re- drop rates three times during the I doubt very much three times, but twice is guaranteed. But to me, I say, if you can sell now and have some losses to offset the capital gains for this year, 23, I say do it. Good. Joe, what do you see now for 2024 with a hobby, with, based on what Mike is saying, or do you agree or disagree? With the hobby, not with the stock market. Well, I mean, just to piggyback quick off what Mike just said, we're going to have to ask Jerome Powell that question. I mean, seri- seriously, the, what Mike said is spot on accurate. The interest rate, what they do with those interest rates will determine if the market's inflated, if it's, you know, overdrawn, is it going to come down? So we're just going to have to wait and see. I, I will t- say this. Go ahead. We go to Tom. I have, I have reiterated this every show. I see no suffrage at all, no damage on high-end wearing of baseball's legends. Root, Carr, Garrett, man. Good point. High-end. I mean, it's solid. Yeah. It's solid. So, Good. you know. All right, I got and, you. Go ahead. Oh, you know, I'm sorry, I'm gonna, John. I'm going to stand by that. Yeah. Uh, Hold on, Rick. Do we need to take a break? No. Would you? Yeah, we're going to take a break now. My Joe, we're going to come back. When we come, just oh do me a favor. Can you write it down so you remember it, please? I can remember. You know, I guarantee you. I wanted to say this is this is a, a political year. You know what I'm saying? It's a political year. It's a voting it's year. Political. Is that kind of and 
Yeah, no, the present day, present administration is going to bring everything up. The look the good. economy is. Oh, going that's up. a good point. Rico. Both sides. Two will do good that. points oh, he's made. That's a great point. Two yeah, good points you've made. So, You're on a roll, brother. Yeah. You're on a roll. Yeah, All right, listen, we're going to take. Notice he didn't ask me. I had, <laughs> a, I had to push myself into it. We're going to take a quick break. We come back. We're going to have another Gax moment. Joe is with us for the whole hour. We're going to get into the auction pretty heavy. Hang in there. We'll be right back. Okay. Hi, this is Rico Petroselli. Right now, thousands of children are facing the most difficult times in their lives with serious illness, homelessness, and other tragedies. I hope that you can join us on March 2nd at the County Line Restaurant in Juno Beach, Florida for a live auction and some great baseball talk. If you can't join us, please consider a donation to littlesmilesfl.org. That's littlesmilesfl.org to help these kids. And when you donate, please mention the Great American Collectible Show. We hope you'll help. Since 1996, Brian Drent and the staff at Denver's Mile High Card Company have led the charge in the collectibles hobby. Mile High is a full-service dealer specializing in buying and selling cards and offers a competitive consignment program for all collectors. Whether it be their computerized want list service, appraisals, or auction services, Mile High has it all. If you've been searching for a company with a selection of high-grade vintage 1888 to 1970 baseball cards and memorabilia that shares your passion, aim high, mile high. Go to milehighcardco.com or call 303-840-2784 for more information. This is Brian Drent, president of Mile High Card Company. Is your sports card and memorabilia collection properly insured? For easily replaced personal property, homeowner's insurance is all most people need. But for prized possessions that you may have spent a lifetime collecting, it doesn't go nearly far enough. Collectibles Insurance Services has been insuring for over 50 years. They offer a full range of protection and a $0 deductible at an affordable rate with no appraisals required. I know because they insure my collection. If you have a minute, go to collectinsure.com and learn more about insuring your personal card or memorabilia collection. Hi, this is Dan from Memory Lane Auctions here to remind you that the renowned Memory Lane Collectibles Company has served as a beacon of light to the collecting community for the past several decades. Indeed, folks, it has been our utmost privilege and pleasure to provide the most enthusiastic collectors with an abundance of the finest sports cards and memorabilia for America's most coveted sports personalities via our world-class auctions. Whether you choose either a private sale transaction or the auction route, Memory Lane cordially invites you to reach out to us to maximize the value of your prized possessions. Also, it is not just sales that we pride ourselves on being the best of the rest, because if you are seeking a particular keepsake for your esteemed gathering, we will be relentless in our quest to find that special piece to fulfill your collecting dreams. So no time to wait. Reach out to us today for the purposes of capitalizing on our unparalleled marketing capabilities. Simply pick up the phone and dial 877-606-5263. That's 877-606-LANE. Or find us on the World Wide Web at www.memorylaneinc.com. Now is the time for your valued consignment to ultimately become another one of Memory Lane's record-setting prices. How would you like to own the bat that was used by your favorite player when he hit that towering home run or game-winning base hit? 
Now look no further than JT Sports, specializing in the sale and authentication of professional game used bats. As the official authenticators of professional model game used bats for PSA DNA, JT Sports will guarantee the authenticity of any bat purchased from them. JT Sports also buys and sells game-worn uniforms, gloves, and baseball equipment. The unique quality of the collectible is what JT Sports is all about. Give them a call at 609-487-8003 or check them out at GameUseBats.com. Okay, it is time for another Gax Moment brought to us each week by our good friend Paul Borges from PB Collectibles, your neighborhood card shop. Go to pbcollectibles.com to find that special card or piece of memorabilia. This week, uh, I think this is a really good topic. This is strictly my opinion, uh, so I just want you to know up front. A few weeks ago, we talked about the four players who were the Mount Rushmore of the hobby, Ruth Cobb, Wagner, and Garrick, and they were at the top of the mountain. Today, I want to talk about the six men who, in my opinion, changed the hobby forever. I consider these men the catalyst that brought the hobby to where it is today. Number one, you can see right here on the screen, Jefferson Burdick. Jeff Burdick is considered to be the greatest card collector in history. Some hobbyists have more cards, but Burdick is priceless. But Burdick's collection was priceless. He is the most famous for compiling the American. He's more famous, though, for, com for compiling the American card catalog, which identified and cataloged all of the various sets and also designated their names, like T206, T205, etc. And a large part of his collection is in the New York uh, Metropolitan Museum. Number two, Dr. James Beckett. Dr. Be Beckett, a statistician and author, James Beckett prepared price guides consisting of the values and condition of cards, educating collectors across the country what to look for in a card. Uh, he's made a contribution that is unparalleled. Number three, this guy I had the pleasure of knowing, Al Rosen, also known as Mr. Mint. A fixture at card shows for years, waving cash for cards, Mr. Mint was sort of like a carnival barker. But for 30 years, he really entertained collectors in the hobby, not to mention that, especially with his historic tops find in 1986, with the mantle cards really, really turned the hobby upside down. Number four is an interesting one. But this is a guy that really, really made a contribution to the hobby, Bill Mastro. Bill, in my opinion, was the pioneer of online auctions and catalogs. Now, Josh Leland, I mean, Josh Evans from Leland's really had the first auction house. But Bill Mastro, in my opinion, took the internet auction to a new level. I couldn't wait, nobody could wait for his catalog to come out every month. It was like, you had to have it. Unfortunately, uh, Bill was caught up uh, in some illegal activity and was arrested and spent six years in prison, uh, but still a major, major contributor to the hobby. Number five, David Hall. 
David Hall was the founder of PSA, and he created the gold standard for grading in the world. He planted the seed. David, by the way, at one time had the largest T206 collection in history. He started PSA, but my sixth choice, and in my opinion, the most important, and he's a friend of ours, as everyone knows, he's the guy that really took it to another level, Joe Orlando. Joe took David's company and brought it up to become the standard in the hobby. His innovations over 20 years made PSA the go-to company, and he's also responsible for helping to develop the set registry. Joe, in his 20 years at PSA, again, in my, in my opinion, really, really revolutionized the hobby. In any event, these men changed the hobby, and we should all be grateful for them. And that's another Gax moment. Okay, yeah, Joe, what do you think? What do you think, Joe? Tom, spot on, except I have one. I have to knock Beckett off that list. Okay. Dr. Beckett, with all due respect to him, Josh Evans has to be on that. You know something? It's, it, I, because I, I wouldn't argue Bill that. Mastro piggybacked off what Evans did, took it to another level, true. But maybe Bill Mastro doesn't have that model and nothing to work with or the idea without Josh Evans. You know, I was and torn. God rest his soul, Josh Evans has to be on that one. I was, I was torn. I really was, and I appreciate that because I don't think I would argue that point. I would, I would consider definitely uh, substituting him for, for Beckett. I think that's a good choice. Josh Evans was a regular on the show for the first year and a half with us, Rick. Yeah, I, uh, I remember him. He was a yeah, great guy and a real, real pioneer. Real yeah. pioneer. Yeah. And, you know, Tom, it's funny. In my mind, I had David Hall and Orlando together because of the PSA concept, without a doubt. Another guy that people forget about is Bob Lemke. God rest his soul. Yeah. He was the standard catalog. That S that SCD standard catalog was the Bible. It sort of was a reference tool that people could go to to see when cards came out. He gave a little description, what's behind the card, what they were about, the price guide. So before Dr. Beckett, there was Lemke and the standard price card catalog. So I think he got a Lemke's another guy you okay, could argue. Good, good when did the auctions start, though? Serious, uh, I just want the internet auctions. Yeah, I mean, no, going back, going back, because the years I played, we never even heard of cards that could be sold. You know, the, the industry. Uh, maybe we weren't paying attention, but you know, kids wanted autographs. Uh, you know, on cards. But that was it. It was it never heard. You, mm. this is worth more now. Nothing like that. That's a good point. You know, uh, so Tom, I don't Rico. I don't have the ant definitive answer. Yeah, but I'm gonna just... guess late seventies, early eighties. Okay, yeah. I mean, that's probably that's why. It really took off. Okay, it, well, yeah. if you think about it now, you're asking a great question because that's probably why. The, another one. Another, another one, one. Number three. That's, another one, Rico. <laughs> no, but that's. <laughs> I'm going to ask for a raise. Eh? But wait a second. That's probably what led, or one of the things that led to the junk wax era, Joe, because 
in the 70s, people started looking at the value of cards as, yes. as having value. And as a result, some of the card manufacturers, is it possible that they may have overthunk it and started mass producing cards, which did the opposite effect? Well, and that was late 70s, Tom. And yes, the mass production was in the early 80s. What, was, know, the, what like, was the book had all the prices and all that? The that years. was the Beckett guy. That was, Beckett, right? That yeah. was the Beckett guy. Yeah. Yeah. Right, but the Lemke had the real thick book. Right. Yeah. The SCD okay. standard catalog. Yeah. That was the Bible forever. In fact, Al from Love It Again just put out a blog. I saw that. I saw that. You saw that, right, Tom? Yeah. yeah he's... Where he would like someone to jump in and try and get that catalog going again. He's, he's trying, he to, he's trying to get Sabre. All right, listen, let's get to the auction. You had I a might, question. Uh, I might be able to do that. <laughs> oh, really? <huh? laughs> what auction? Wait a minute. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what auction? <laughs> you know, the, the Gax, the Gax auction. <laughs> oh, that's right. You have yeah, an that auction. One, that one, too. Oh, oh, go ahead. Let's do it. What do you want from me? I get it. The, oh. the Ruth cards. Oh, yeah. The Ruth cards. So, Talk about that first Ruth card that is being oh. featured. That's an unbelievable one. Tom, I wish I had the money for this one. This one belongs in the Smithsonian. Really? It, wow. So mm -hmm. it's a real photo postcard of Babe Ruth. I had PSA's photo expert, Henry Yee, actually analyzed the card. It was made off of original photographic silver gelatin paper, as Henry described it. So if it wasn't a card, it would be a type one photo. Really? And we can't pinpoint the year 15 or 16, but it's a rookie error card. Wow. SGC labeled it circa 15. And I wish I had the card in my hand, like Lee showed you guys some cards, you know, to put it out there. But it's lot number one. It's it just you look at this card and. It makes you feel young again. Ruth is you it. You should be looking at it for a long time. Hey, where is long it? Time. You're both a long time. Him. Ruth is The picture was taken at Hot Springs, Arkansas, the Dang. Red Sox spring training facility. Yeah, yeah. You know, you got the field in the background, homes in the background behind the field. Oh, it's, nice. it's just amazing. It, it truly transcends time. What do you think it'll go for? Well, you know, approximately. Uh, you, you, I'm going to give a range of 175 to 250. Okay. It could go more, but I think that's a a fairest. That's not bad. What are, Jump uh, in, Rico. No, uh, you know, uh, looking at it, I may, I may, I may put a bid in. I might put a bid in. But I want to know about the Mathewson card. You know, this guy was one of the great pitchers. Which one, Rico? Christie. Either one of them. Christy Matthews. Oh, you're talking about the postcards. Yeah. Yeah. Lot six and seven. Same thing. Huh? Yeah, those are really cool. So lot six is a Pinkerton postcard. They came with a scorecard back or a blank back. Wow. This is the blank back, but it's one of the highest graded examples out there. And it's a famous Louis Van Oyen photo that came out originally in I think 1908 that was used for the postcard. And did you guys ever hear of the Pinkerton cabinets where they put a photo on a mount, like a no. cabinet mount? No. 
the cabinets have the same photo. The postcards have the same photo as the yeah. cabinets. So this is a this is a really cool card. Interesting. Um, All right. Guess what time it is, Reek? I don't know. Uh, it can, is oh. time for watch. On Deck with Rico. Oh, wow. Number six on your roster. Number one in our hearts. On Deck with Rico Pericelli. Rico Pericelli, it is time for On Deck with Rico, brought to us every week by our good friend Brian Dwyer and the staff at robertedwardauctions.com. Don't forget to get your bid in. He's got a great, great organization. Go to robertedwardauctions.com. And today's question, Rico, yeah. was submitted by one Jerry Sexton. Jerry Sexton. Did you go to high school with him? No, but he sounds familiar. Jerry Sexton. And here was the question. Uh, the question is kind of a... Yeah, this is a stupid question. No, I'm sorry, Jerry. I, I'm just joking. <laughs> the question is, Rico. Yes. Uh, how were you as a Little League player... And how were you as a high school player? Well, good question. I mean, did you like dominate? I played Little League. We didn't have Little League then. Uh, you know, that's like, you know how many years ago that is? What'd you have? Sandlot? Sandlot ball, yeah. I mean, just Sandlot. pick up games? No, my sport was basketball, and I started playing baseball around 13 years old. So, but so Where did you grow up? No Little League? Brooklyn. Brooklyn, New York. Evidently not. Did you play in Marine Park? Of course. Hey, everybody from Brooklyn paid there. With but, the uphill mounds? Yeah, I know it. I hated those. But, uh, no, I played, uh, I played at Sandlot Ball. I played for a couple of teams, and I pitched and played the outfield. Did you really? Yeah. Yeah, I had a good arm. Uh, <clears throat> high school, I, I batted 500. It was, uh, you know, I was voted the top player in New York. <laughs> Wait a second. You in, in baseball? Yeah. I didn't know that. Well, I know in basketball never, you were. He never has. But, yeah, no. Uh, so I, you know. Uh, so you signed. For, for, I signed, yeah, out of high school because uh, no, no, tell the the money. St- tell the story about it. I think it was no, your, no, your, your, no, the basketball coach. He, you didn't get an award in your own team. Oh, I was a baseball. All right, so tell tell that. I won the MVP. Listen, listen to this one. Joe. Yeah. And Mike, listen to this. My, my uh, high school coach played uh, a little bit with the Tiger organization, not very far. And uh, so we had a good year. You know, we went to the <laughs> state championship. Finals, yeah. we, we lost in uh, that game. Anyway, so I won the MVP in the New city. York. In New York. The whole city, right? But I didn't win it for my team. <laughs> my team. <laughs> hey, wait a minute. Time out. The guy hated me. <laughs> he hated work. I, I mean, we took him all the way to the, almost to the state championship. And he gave somebody else the MVP. He gave somebody else the MVP. <laughs> he says, well, you, get all, you don't need it. I said, you don't need it. I said, this guy, he didn't like me. My own coach. Uh, but anyway. need it. So that was that. But my sport in high school and all that was basketball. I loved basketball. and uh, I would have loved to go on one-on-one with you. <laughs> you crazy. Would have been Rico, one. were you a shooting guard or point guard? Shooting guard. And I also led the team in, in uh, rebounds. <laughs> So, Joe, you, we've talked about this. Anyway, he, he I want to know about your... your uh, so, Rico, Rico real quick. Did yes. you play against Joe Torrey at Marine Park? No, he was all kidding aside. I was on the cadets after him. I saw okay. him play. I saw him play, and he was re- very heavy. He was a catcher. Great hitter. Yeah, 
Boy, he hit one to right center field over, must have been fourth something as a young guy. But then he signed. And uh, I signed a few years later with the Gadets. Did you, were yeah. you torn? I mean, I know you, when you signed with the Red Sox, were you torn about not, not signing and taking the scholarships to UCLA or one of those schools? No, no, I couldn't. No, I figured it out. I'm going to talk to my family and friends. Where was I going to go in basketball? I was 5'11", uh, about 5'11". <clears throat> and I was good. You know, I was a good shooter and all that. But uh, where was I going after college? Good point. You know, and I was starting to get uh, offers for baseball. After I had, grad- I had to wait to graduation. And then the check for 60 Lodge came. 65, 70,000. <laughs> That said, ooh, I like baseball. <laughs> baseball been very good. <laughs> All right, let's get back anyway, to the auction. Yes, Joe, auction. you got a Rose rookie card. Is that card, it seems That's to be good, really yeah, picking up ahead of steam. got a couple of Rose rookies. Yeah, but that card seems to really be picking up ahead of steam now. Well, it was hotter than a firecracker. When? Then it cooled uh, a couple, you know, three, couple four years, years yeah, ago. okay. Then it cooled off, hmm. and Tom's right. It seems to be gaining steam again. That's good. I'm and glad. And with that said, Tom. He's a good friend of yours. Will, yeah, will Charlie Hustle ever be put in the hall of fame? He think? should be. Yeah, this should is be. ridiculous now. You know why I'm thinking that. Because of the gambling. Because of the gambling. I agree the, with that. The gambling was the – any kind of gambling. They took uh, phones, wall phones, you know, where yeah. you put the diamond – Took them out of the clubhouses, nowhere near, because they were afraid that guys might, gamblers might call, and you know, guys might start throwing games. That was the reason. I don't, I don't think it ever happened, but in my era. But Rose, they claim, yeah, he he bet on his own team. Uh, I I can't believe that you know he would bet that they would lose, but that's not the point. But the whole point of gambling was. Forget Everybody. it. You're out of the game. You know what I mean? They were so pissed. Now they're Lewis Joe Jackson. Yeah. Now now they're good example. You know, 1990. Yeah. Well, hold on, hold on. That's uh, not the you? same. That's not the same. Shoeless Joe, they proved took money. Joe, he took cash. Well, because he needed shoes. That's why <laughs> he did. Well, the point is, is that <laughs> if I and I agree, by the way, with you, I think I think you know Jackson hit three seventy five in the world. Series. I know that, but yeah, I understand that. I know all that, but he admitted to taking money, Joe. That's the bottom line. He did. So and it's guys funny because when they, I know that in his defense, Jackson, you know, and his lawyer was saying, well, he hit a home run, hit three seventy five, but Christy Mathewson, the great Maddie was watching the games with the iconic sports writer, Grantland Rice. Oh, yeah. And there were other things going on that nobody ever spoke about. Mm. Like Happy Felsch was the center fielder. Him and Jackson would converge on a fly ball and just stop and, and do an Alphonse and gas and watch the ball. Fall. See? Yeah. That didn't show up in the stat line. So, Tom... There was definitely fun. Uh, there had to be. There yeah. had to be. Yeah. But Rose, this is, uh, every, you know, I, I guess I'm. Oh, he was a friend. He's a friend of yours, too. Yeah, bro. but I saw him. This guy was a great hitter, great player. Hustle. 100%. I mean, yeah, 100%. Was real. He was I mean, uh, honest. He wasn't a power hitter, but he, he could hit, man. He he was like Boggs and uh, the kid, the guy from. Uh, uh, San Diego, you know, Tony Gwynn. Uh, Gwynn, yeah. Tony Gwynn, yeah. I mean, uh, just 
fouled tough pitches off and all. It, it, was, it should be in the Hall of Fame. All right, listen, we're going to take a quick break, and uh, we'll be right back. Joe, you're going to stick with us right through the end. Hang in there. We'll be right back. You're going down with us. Auction is a family-owned and operated online auction specializing in autographed memorabilia, sports cards, coins, art, and collectibles. Since their founding in 2010, they've grown to two facilities in Phoenix, Arizona, totaling over 60,000 square feet. Jared Cavalli and an incredible staff of over 150 team members serve a very large customer base and enjoy every minute of it. By working with leading authentication companies, Pristine ensures all items are 100% authentic. In addition, third-party authenticators regularly travel to Pristine Auction to provide authentication services on-site. Pristine Auction strives to operate its business in a way that's honoring to God, their families, and their customers. With a strong focus on speed, quality, and premier customer service, their mission is to be the leading online auction for every level of collector and fan. Pristine also works for Hope Sports and Identity Hoops International, traveling to Mexico to build houses for the less fortunate. Pristine Auction offers several online auction formats with thousands of auctions ending each day. For more information, go to pristineauction.com. That's Pristine Auction, the best in the business. Are you a collector looking for that rare trading card or autograph ball or photo? If so, then PB Collectibles in Newport is the place for you. PB Collectibles has graded cards, raw cards, complete sets, and wax boxes of the stars of the future, today, and from the past. We also offer a large selection of both vintage and modern cards. So whether you're looking to add to your collection or sell it, visit us at PB Collectibles, 269 Spring Street in Newport, located across from St. Mary's Church. We are your neighborhood card shop and much more. If you're a discerning collector interested in owning the most important pieces in the hobby, look no further than Leland's Auctions. The original sports auction and appraisal house, Leland's was established in 1985 by legendary pioneer founder, Joshua Leland Evans. And today, President Mike Hefner carries on their tradition. From the Tom Brady card and memorabilia collection, to the famed Boston Garden Auction, to high-end card auctions from every major sport. Leland's has always maintained the highest standards. Go to Leland's.com and get your bid in. That's Leland's, the hobby's leading sports auction house for four decades. It's often been said that championships are won on the practice field, and world records come only to those willing to work harder than everybody else. Heritage Auctions is the world's largest collectibles auctioneer, because we believe that becoming the best is only an invitation to the challenge of remaining the best. This requires the skills of the hobby's top experts, capable of identifying and maximizing value for our consigners. It requires the most visited website in the industry, courting a global audience of collectors over a million and a half strong. It requires a dedicated press department that expands our global reach far beyond the entrenched hobby marketplace. It's hard work, but a simple premise. Present the finest collectibles to the largest population of potential buyers, and world records will come. We invite all listeners to put the unmatched power of Heritage Auctions to work for you. Auction evaluations are always free, and our commission-based fee structure ensures that our interests are always aligned. The highest possible price for your collectibles. There will always be new world records to chase, so let's chase them together. Visit our website at ha.com and request your no-obligation review today. 
Hi, this is Dan from Memory Lane Auctions here to remind you that the renowned Memory Lane Collectibles Company has served as a beacon of light to the collecting community for the past several decades. Indeed, folks, it has been our utmost privilege and pleasure to provide the most enthusiastic collectors with an abundance of the finest sports cards and memorabilia for America's most coveted sports personalities via our world-class auctions. Whether you choose either a private sale transaction or the auction route, Memory Lane cordially invites you to reach out to us to maximize the value of your prized possessions. Also, it is not just sales that we pride ourselves on being the best of the rest, because if you are seeking a particular keepsake for your esteemed gathering, we will be relentless in our quest to find that special piece to fulfill your collecting dreams. So no time to wait. Reach out to us today for the purposes of capitalizing on our unparalleled marketing capabilities. Simply pick up the phone and dial 877-606-5263. That's 877-606-LANE. Or find us on the World Wide Web at www.memorylaneinc.com. Now is the time for your valued consignment to ultimately become another one of Memory Lane's record-setting prices. Hey, I'm Mike Petroselli. If your company is looking for the best in marketing and promotional items, you'll hit a home run with Petroselli Marketing. With over 8,000 suppliers and 650,000 imprint-ready items, we can get your company the visibility it needs to get your maximum exposure. Whether it be office promotions, wearables, automotive, sports items, and everything in between, Petroselli Marketing can do it all. Our design staff will even work with you from concept to delivery and customize your products. At Petroselli Marketing Group, we will get your brand in front of your audience. Contact us at info at PetroselliMKT.com or call us at 603-880-3202. That's Petroselli Marketing, where no dream is impossible. Yeah, Petroselli Marketing, I gave you a freebie number, 800-264-4294. Go to their website, as my son said is at PetrocelliMKT.com. And by the way, he has clients all over the country. So if you're listening or watching and you're, you know, far away, we can get the get the stuff. Well, we he, he Great can. coverage. Yeah. They're going to do a lot. He yeah. can. All right, listen, Joe, we're back. we got about 10 minutes. Yeah. Let's highlight. You t- highlight for us the auction items. Yes. Well, we went through lot one, the Bay Blue. An amazing turkey red set break. Uh, it's like a mid-fives uh, grade Great point average. There's, I believe, nine or ten Hall of Famers that are the highest graded. There's a carb and a six. Beautiful Mattis, card. Mattison and a six, Young and a six. Incredible cards. So that came from a special collection. And once again, Memory Lane lately cannot run an auction without a special Portrait Wagner card. We have an SGC2 E90-2 American Caramel from 1910. Good card. The set, it was like a 10-11 card set to commemorate the Pirates Championship when they defeated the Tigers in 09. It has the famous Carl Horner T206 Wagner image. And guys, just to prove how hot Wagner portrait cards are. 
On the fourth day, that card was sitting at 34,000, babe. Wow. Nice. Started at 10,000. Pretty nice. Um, Pretty nice. Yeah. So those are two other little highlights. We have a lot, too, is a great Babe Ruth card. Uh, A 1920 heading home card that was used to promote his first 1920 heading home movie. Yeah. It's a PSA 2 with a classic Carl Horner batting image on the on the Very cool. front and the theater advertisement on the back. The I mean these are Hall of Fame collectors. Great. Hey, I I, got, I, I, I want to ask you a quick question. Oh, hold yeah. on, hold on. This I got to hear. Yeah, Why ahead. do you say it like that? Cuz you don't know a damn thing about this stuff. That's what you think. Okay, ask the question. I was just reading about uh, for investment purposes. And that's another thing that I I hear you keep talking about collectibles as a hobby. I look at it from what you guys are saying as an investment. Both. It's just both. like the stock both. market. It's both. Well, well, he's an investment guy. I mentioned. said it's both. All right. What are you throwing an attitude at me? Hey, listen, Joe, uh, Pokemon, yes, Pokemon cards. What, what's, oh, Joe's a real expert. I want to hear this got, one. Let me tell you, you got, you got the wrong guy. The wrong. You can't help me? But I, what I, I can tell you this, Mike. Yeah. They seem to be good investments. <laughs> They're going up. I wouldn't touch them with the 10 foot pole. <laughs> but, so, you know, someone's we, we put them in our auction, Mike. <laughs> hey, listen, uh, you had a question about the contracts. We have oh, a. No, listen, I, uh, we have six minutes and 30 seconds left. Oh, uh, well, okay. Pretty so, much. what should we do? Pretty much. Pretty close. Pretty close. Pretty close. <clears throat> I want to ask you, I don't know if the last time you were on, I asked you about <clears throat> Otani uh, with the 700 millions. I know he's deferred, got a ton of deferred money and all that. Smart. Uh, no, that's smart. actually happened after I last spoke with you, Rico. Oh, it happened after. Okay. So, <laughs> yes. Well, obviously, to me, his card, anything with him on it, his bats, his cards, his, has it gone up just because he got – this kind of money. And Yamamoto. Yeah. Yamamoto, too. Another one. He was, uh, huh? 325. You know where his father was in the Second World War? Yeah. He was a uh, a um, a captain on one of the ships. Really? For the Japanese Navy? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. No kidding. And you know Yamamoto was the commander-in-chief of the Japanese fleet. That's right. The American shot down his plane in 43 or 45. So that's legit? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. It must have been his grandfather, not his father. Well, his of course. His great-grandfather. Oh, my God. I didn't know There's that. a lot of Yamamoto's, but yeah. I don't know if it's the same no, it's, one. It's like Smith. Yeah. That's right. But, exactly. Tom, you remember, Yamamoto's the guy that after Pearl Harbor made the famous quote, I fear all we have done is awaken, awaken. a sleeping oh, giant. that's right. And filled him with a terrible a Top admiral. Very right. good, Joe. That's do a with, great catch. We got to do a little, little. My father was in the Korean War, so. Oh. Yeah. Uh, he educated me well on World War II. When they signed out on the USS Missouri, that final peace agreement, that was unbelievable. All right, listen, we got four yes. minutes left. Yeah. Four minutes. What about, uh, I, I got to ask you this question because I know you are a big Tom Seaver fan, okay? I never asked you this, but what do you think about Tom Seaver when he pitched for the Red Sox? Boy, was that a tough one. I mean, here's a, a legend, my hero, my idol, and... Now he's pitching 
for a team that I don't dislike, I loathe. So sorry, Rico. Wow. Um, hey, it's I'm a, okay. Why did you tell up, us exactly no, how you feel? Wow. I grew up a Yankee fan. Yeah. But oh, Rico, no. I'll tell you this. If Tom Seavis steps on the mound, I would root for him anywhere, anytime against any hitter. So uh, he actually pitched some really good games that year. But his his uh, he helped the pitching staff. He was like a, a, a another coach, a mentor. They loved. He it. was a mentor to Roger Clemens. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, they loved the, the, all the, the whole pitchers there. Don't forget it. You know. In 86, he didn't, he didn't play in the no, World Series. No, 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 no. He yes, was on yes, the yes. DL. He was inactive. Right. And, uh, but he helped that whole pitching staff because, I mean, I've, I don't heard stuff from at Fenway what he did, people that were there. But he was. All right. Was we great. got two minutes left. Real quickly, greatest hitter of all time. In your opinion, real quickly, who's better, Ruth or Williams? Well, that's a tough Quick. Ruth. I'll say Williams because I saw him play. Joe, Ruth or Williams? I'm going to – Ruth has the numbers, but Williams did it in more modern era over exactly. basically three, four decades. I'm going with Williams. I'm going with Williams too. Tough and, right field. And keep in mind. I'm going, who are you going with, Chrissy? Tommy, his prime years. Cliff Keene, who's the writer, passed away. <laughs> said, he said uh, uh, Ruth was – he saw Ruth. and Of course, obviously years ago when I <clears> – <throat> And he said Ruth was the greatest player ever. He could do it all. We Fielding. go. Ted Williams wore out Bob Feller. Yeah. 98 okay. to 100 miles per hour. Well, wait a minute. One of the greatest curves right, ever. Bobby Dorr. good enough Bobby Dorr wore him out. All right. We're going to go. Williams in his prime, three years in the service, right? Five. Right? Five, five, years. Years. five years. Five years. Five years. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, I'll give you that. All right, Joe, we love you. Memory hey, lane auction. Get on board. Bid on the cards. It ends in January. What, Joe? January 13th. Memorylane.com. Joey, we wish you a very happy happy New Year. Happy and healthy New Year. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year, guys. Right back at you, Joe. Thank you. Thank you. Christmas again? Mikey. Is it Christmas again? No. Thanks for coming by. Hey, check out the Sicilian Corner. Two days ago. Go on the Sicilian Corner Facebook page. Check out Mikey. Father Mikey is still in existence. With that being said, happy collecting. The views and opinions expressed by the hosts, guests, or callers of this program do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe, the United Podcast Network, its partners or affiliates.